Hello and welcome to Tomorrow Just a Game podcast with me, Jack Dobson. This episode, I spoke with right back Justin Hoyt about his time at all of his clubs, what's next for him in and out of football, and even getting slide tackled off a fan during a game. Hope we all enjoy. Hi, this is Frank Rodrew, and you are listening to It's More Than Just a Game podcast. Help the borough. You joined Arsenal at the age of nine, straight from Sunder League, which is very young. What other teams watching you as well? Yeah, at the time, I was playing for Ripper United. And I was a striker, scoring a few goals. And I had other interest from uh, the likes of, of the, the London clubs. So it was like West Ham, Tottenham, uh, Chelsea and Arsenal watching. And my dad was always speaking to the Arsenal scout, who was the actual uh, Arsenal first team scout. Uh, Pat, uh, um, what's his name now? Dave Holden and uh, Steve Rowley. They were the two scouts that my dad was always talking to. So being an Arsenal fan obviously I'm a daddy United fan I've always wanted to to be part of the Arsenal set the Arsenal was um the one that I always wanted to be at and one that I, you know luckily that they you know wanted me more than anyone else yeah I was going to ask have you been a big Arsenal fan did you even really want to speak to the other clubs I didn't really know West Ham was around the corner but no I was I was an Arsenal fan I mean I had posters of Ian Wright so getting uh you know selected by Arsenal or even being asked to go and train with the academy or being part of that, I was going to jump at the opportunity. Yeah, you, as you said, uh, you initially joined, joined as a striker. How did the move to right-back happen? So it was actually during my time um, in the Arsenal Academy. I mean, I was scoring goals as a youngster and then as I got a bit older, I think I found my opportunities as a striker a bit more difficult. You know, defenders got a bit better and yeah. maybe I didn't um, fit the role as a striker for the Arsenal Academy. So I ended up playing right wing. Things weren't going too well. And then uh, one game, uh, one of the players, the right back at the time, didn't turn up. So Paul Davis said to me, oh, can you fill in at right back? You know, the guy hasn't turned up today or, you know, for whatever reason, um, can you fill in at right back? And I said, yeah, of course. I mean, I've been playing right wing, so I kind of know what to do. And I slotted in there and, you know, I played, must have played, you know, well enough. And I felt like I'd done well, enjoyed my time at, at right back in that game. Got forward a lot, defended well. And, you know, I was I was there ever since. And that was the kind of transition I made. And I never went <laughs> as a striker again. <laughs> yeah, you progressed all the way through the academy and winning the Youth Cup on the way through. You were an unused sub in both legs. Were you disappointed not to play a part in that? I was disappointed uh, not to be a part of the final, obviously on the only on the bench, but I was still playing a year or two above my actual age group. So I was just happy to be, you know, part of the squad, yeah. uh, you know, to help my development and just be part of, you know, a final. And, you know, Youth Cup is a huge thing for, for the academy and, and young players. So just to be even called in the squad, you know, I was over the moon by it. Uh, Had you played in any any of the games in the run-up to that final? I think I played one or two. It wasn't too many, but I was always in the squads and stuff. But the the squad that Arsenal Academy had and the Youth Cup team winning team that they had in in both squads were, you know, great players, you know. So to even be a part of that was was a huge achievement just for myself. Yeah, you ended up uh, signing professional terms the following year. Did you always feel like you'd get that deal or did you doubt yourself at any time? I mean, I never doubted myself. I think it was a it was a strange situation because uh, not many people know I nearly got released uh, by Arsenal um, just before I actually went to the the, the youth academy, uh, and uh, it was a strange time because I was playing a uh, right back and I was doing what I was doing well. But 
Um, it was actually Paul Davis who actually gave me opportunity to Lee and Brady to keep me. You know, he feels he sees a lot of potential in me and, you know, he thinks I'll go on to do good, great things. So he was the actually one that pushed me to stay and actually kept me on. So in that sense, I was relieved and happy that, you know, he gave me that opportunity. And, um, you know, ever since then, I never looked back and always gave 110 and just wanted to achieve the first team. But um, I wasn't, you know, expect dying to you know or expecting that I was gonna sign yeah. straight away I didn't know you know I wasn't sure because some of the performances I wasn't playing too well but um obviously when I got that opportunity I was over the moon and you know really made sure that I'd never lose the opportunity again you went on to make your debut as an 89th minute substitution at Southampton uh although it was very late how good did that feel everyone dreams of that moment really don't they no, yeah, it was an amazing feeling. I mean, I got told just before uh, we had a reserve team game, and then just after the game, I got um, a message from the coach saying oh, Arsene Wenger was in the stands and he wants you to be a part of the squad tomorrow's game. And it was crazy, you know, because you you know you're scored and whatever not, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, now I'm going to be part of the first team, you know, on the first team bus. And for me, it was a dream come true because I've always uh, been an Arsenal fan, chased after the the bus when they won the double and won the league. Mm-hmm. So. To even get on the field at Highbury, is, you know, I was just happy to get, even if I was going to get like five seconds, I was just buzzing yeah. to, to get on the field really. You made another equally late appearance in the Invincible title winning season. Mm-hmm. What, a t- what a time to be around that squad. What was it like training and being around the likes of Henri Vieira, Bergkamp, Perez every day? I mean, it was amazing. I mean, you know, I learned a lot from each, every one of the players, you know, a lot, especially a lot from Patrick Vieira and Ashley Cole, who's kind of like my mentor as I was going through uh, the academy and then playing in the first team and training every day with the first team. I mean, you know, they always had that winning mentality going into training sessions, going into games. They always knew they was going to win. And it was just a great time to be around, you know, the Arsenal set up and the yeah. first team, you know, you learned so much. And I learned so much as, as the player. I learned a lot from them, learned a lot about myself uh, being part of that. And for me, it was a dream because watching the players on TV and then you're playing alongside them, training with them every day. And, you know, that Invincible team was just, you know, fantastic. And, you know, I was part of that. Uh, Even though I didn't get a medal or anything like that, I was still training there every day and in the squad most of the time. So I got to see, you know, how how it played out um, day in, day out. I I have to bring this one up. You're in the Arsenal squad that night, the special night at the Riverside where... Middlesbrough won and made it a League Cup final. Do you, do you remember anything about that? I actually got a picture on my computer that night. Um, and I remember t- talking to my dad and was talking after, obviously. I, did, I didn't get on that game. But I remember I've got the picture. Um, and I think I'm looking up at the crowd. And I think my dad's in the crowd. And I remember talking to him after saying, you know, I was devo that I didn't get the opportunity to play in that game. Yeah. And then I was also devo that I didn't get on at that time. Because um, I got told to warm up and I was just devastated that I didn't get on. But... Um, yeah, I was disappointed I didn't get on, of course. Uh, you went on to make your sen- first senior start against Norwich, uh, a late replacement for Seagan, who was injured in the in the warm-up. Mm-hmm. With you coming in very late, did it help with your nerves rather than just getting chucked in last minute? Yeah, it helped a lot with my nerves, um, just because you get thrown in the deep end. Really, I didn't expect to play yeah. um, or even come on. You know, I was thought, all right, well, I'm in the squad. Like, Let's see how this depends out. And then the next minute, you see someone going down in in the warm-up and then they're saying right you gotta get ready you're starting I was like 
you ain't got to, I didn't have time to think about anything. It was just like, right, let me focus, let me get ready, and I'm starting the game, and let's just go out and enjoy it and play as well as I can, really. And it yeah. was at centre-back, not my usual position, but <laughs> I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, and I, I learned a lot from that, you know, one game. Well, unfortunately, I made a mistake, but... <laughs> <laughs> so I was just going to say, you gave a penalty in the game, but you won comfortably anyway. Did Arsene give you the benefit of the doubt? Yeah, they gave me the benefit of the doubt. What it was, it's a learning experience, you know, obviously. Um, now I know I dived in and I shouldn't have. Um, and clipped, uh, I think it was Huckabee at the time, and to give the penalty away in the last couple of minutes or so. So they gave me a little uh, um, a talking to just, you know, how to defend that situation if you're ever in it again. But it was, you know, they was happy. They laughed about it after. Obviously, they probably wouldn't have if it was nil-nil or something. But um, they was happy because it was my first, you know, professional debut and we'd won the game. So um, all in all, it was, a, it was a good day out other than giving away my penalty in my first game. <laughs> uh, Lone moves. We're getting talked about after that, but fell through because Arsenal couldn't get a, a backup in. Were you disappointed with not being able to get out and get some games? I wasn't, I wasn't. I mean, I was patient more. I just wanted to be, obviously, having that little taste of the first team with Arsenal, you wanted to do it even more. So it's more of just me being patient, focusing, um, being around the first team, training all the time, and then trying to get you know, a first team place. And I didn't really hear, listen to too much of the loan moves um, until one happened. So you got the loan move the following season with Sunderland in the Premier League. Why Sunderland? To be honest, it was one of the only teams that actually come in for me uh, to play in the Premier League. Uh, I think there's a few championship teams come in for me, but uh, Arsene Wenger at the time said it would be the perfect move for me to gain valuable Premier League experience, which is what I needed at the time after, you know, just playing that one game against Norwich it was time to go and earn valuable Premier League experience playing regularly rather than going to a championship team so it's more of uh, the idea of playing regular Premier League football yeah definitely your first goal was giving Sunderland the lead in the derby against Newcastle I mean that's not a bad way to get off the mark is it um no it was not a bad way to get off the mark other than we lost that game but yeah. no it was it was a great uh, goal it was well worked I mean I watched it a few times back and back again but it was a great, you know, play that that we done, and it was a great way to finish it off, and a great way to, obviously, score against you know arch rival and suddenly it was a great moment and one that I'll always remember, even though we lost that game. As you say, you you played a lot of games at Sunderland. And they started the following season as Arsenal's temporary left back before moving over to right back. Were you expecting to play as many times as you did that season? I didn't expect it, but I was happy that I got that amount of games, and I obviously must have done something right that I kept you know, my spot every, every in, in the game and had the trust in Arsene Wenger and the team to, to even put me at left back, you know, considering I'm a right back, to yeah. even put me at left back and to play as many games as I did that season was, was you know, credit to the manager and, um, you know, for him giving me faith in, in, in me, really. So I enjoyed playing, I loved playing and no matter if it was going to be left back, right back, centre back, midfield, no matter where, Arsene Wenger would have asked me to play in that Arsenal team. I would have done it because yeah. you know that's what, you know that's who I am and that's what I wanted to do. And I can play in most positions, so he knew that. So he had the, the complete faith in me to do that. You then got your first Arsenal goal against Charlton in a four nil win. I mean, can you describe that? No, nah, that feeling was was amazing. Such a great feeling. I remember you know the play that I done one two and then finished it in the bottom corner. And I remember that it was, it was such a great feeling. Uh, you know, being an Arsenal fan, playing at Highbury, then playing at Emirates, being the first English goal scorer to score at Emirates, it's 
you know, it's hard to even describe. And, I, and you know, the joy come out, you know, by dancing and celebrating. I mean, <laughs> I, know, I didn't I score it much, so it wasn't like, you know, I know how to celebrate. So that's the only way I knew how to celebrate. <laughs> but no, I, I, I look at that moment all the time and I watch it over and over again. And something that as a boy you dream of. And, you know, I got to achieve that. You got a starting place in the League Cup final as well against Chelsea. What an occasion that must have been for you and your family. Yeah, it was another great occasion. Uh, like I said before, I used to chase after the bus when they'd won, you know, a, a trophy or, or a cup. So it was like my turn to then think, right, this is my opportunity now to win something and have that parade, you know, like that you used to chase after the bus. So to get that start was fantastic. Uh, what a lot of people didn't know is that I actually pulled my hamstring in the warm up. So people don't actually know that, that I actually pulled my hamstring at the beginning of the warm up during that game. So I played the whole game with a pulled hamstring. Um, and then after the game, there's a picture I've got that shows, you know, me checking out my hamstring to still see if it's there. But after <laughs> there's that, there's no thing, way you were not going to play there. No, nah, there was no way. I said to myself, look, you've done your hamstring, whatever, just last as long as you can. And, you know, the adrenaline carried me through. I didn't tell no one until after the game or during the game, I actually said, I think it was later on in the second half, I said to the physio, look, my hamstring's gone. But they've played, they've made all the substitutions and it literally was at the stage where I said to him, I cannot really run. So I'll just try and carry on for as long as I, I, I could. But it was the last five minutes of the game. So it wasn't too bad, but it literally got to the point where I couldn't actually run anymore. But yeah, so I'd pulled my hamstring in the first in, in the warm up, but I wasn't going to tell anyone because I was like, no, no I have to play. <laughs> this is my opportunity. If it never comes around again, at least I've played in the final for Arsenal, you yeah. know, my boyhood dream team and. You know, it happened, so I was never going to say. But after that, I think I had a grade three or four or something come out for however many weeks. But it was worth it for, to play in the final, even though we lost. Uh, the following season, you were battling it out with uh, Sanya for the right-back spot. You turned down a move to Villa to stay and fight for your place. That's good attitude to have, but could you, could you sort of see your time coming to an end? Or If I'll be honest, I didn't actually get the opportunity to turn Villa down. I would have jumped at the opportunity to sign for Aston Villa, looking back at it. Yeah. I was actually told that I couldn't go to Aston Villa. I don't know what the reason was. Maybe because they needed a backup for Sagnar or Ibui or something like that. Or, you know, Wenger had a different plan for me. But at the time, I didn't have the chance to turn down Villa. I don't know if Villa done something or Aston Villa done something or, or what. But it didn't go through and it fell through. But I was disappointed then because obviously I didn't get the opportunity. I thought I'd get Arsenal the more games um, under my belt. So I was disappointed that I didn't go to Villa because yeah. I knew a lot of the guys. It was a young team and I thought I would have fitted really well in that um, Aston Villa team. But at the same time, I was still happy to then fight and battle it out with Sagner and Ebui for uh, a starting place in the Arsenal team. Yeah, the move to Middlesbrough then came about. Why was that the right move for you? I think it was the, the right timing. A great club to, to be at, was a great manager. And I think it was a perfect time for me now to go out and express myself and you know, established myself as a first-team regular somewhere rather than just training day in, day out and not being, you know, a first-team regular or in the squad. And, you know, there's nothing worse than training every week and then finding out you're not yeah. in the starting lineup or in the squad. So for me, it was like, do I stay and just be happy to tell everyone I'm in the Arsenal set-up, Arsenal squad, training for the Arsenal team? Or is it a chance now to go out and make a name for yourself somewhere else? And I wanted to play as many games as I could. So that was my opportunity to go to Middlesbrough. And it was a, it was a great choice. And I wanted something I was really, really looking forward to and, and excited for. 
did the time you spent at Sunderland make your decision easier to move to the area? I think it did 100%. Uh, going on loan to, to Sunderland really helped a kind of new, you know, the northeast to say, being at Sunderland, being around the, the northeast of, of England. So yeah. it kind of helped being around that area and, and knowing, you know, certain people up there kind of helped me also. So that helped my decision, having been at Sunderland on loan. Were you surprised about facilities when you first came to have a little look at them? I wasn't, I wasn't. I expected it to be very um, nice facilities, very high standard facilities, which they were. So I wasn't really shocked because I knew what Middlesbrough was all about. Um, I know I had quite a lot of friends from the England set up. So I wasn't really surprised. I think I was more surprised by how the fans took to me and how the fans were with me. It was, it was, it was amazing, you know? Yeah. Uh, more so than it was at Arsenal. It was fantastic. And, you know, they made me feel welcome from, from day one. Yeah, Obviously, it was Gareth Southgate who was in charge and signed you. What was your first thoughts on him? From the first time I spoke with him, sat down and spoke with him just before I signed, it was a moment of, you know, I'm willing and wanting to play under him. He was a great manager, great coach. And I was, you know, ups, upset, you know, later on when he moved on. Because I yeah. felt he was a fantastic coach, done really well. Unfortunately, we didn't have the right team to stay in the Premier League. But for me, he helped me, you know, fit into the to the side and... And he was a great asset for me to have as a manager and, you know, put me in the, on the right path to, to succeed at Middlesbrough. Did you think he would go on uh, everything that he has now? I didn't. I didn't. I thought he would do great things at club level. But to see what he's doing now with England and, you know, how he's transformed the team, I can see why he's done that, how he's got the respect he has from the players, how he handles the media and everything about him. I can see that in him from how he was at Middlesbrough because he's exactly the same. And I remember talking to Arsene Wenger about him and he said, no, he's a very, very good coach. He knows what he's doing. He's got a lot of ability and he'd be a great coach for you. And I can see why a lot of players loved playing under him. Your first season obviously ended in relegation, which was quite crippling for us, really. You'd gone from Arsenal to the Championship in one season. Did you think you'd be on the move again or were you focused on staying? I didn't actually think about moving I was happy to to stay at Middlesbrough it was very disappointing getting relegated with Middlesbrough but I wanted to stay and fight to try and help the club get back up into the Premier League really that was my main focus from that time at West Ham when we we lost at Upton Park and you know you're driving home and you're thinking you know what next do you want to move do you want to do this and I said to to my family and my dad I said I want to stay and try and help you know get this club yeah. back up and another reason why is probably because I felt like Middlesbrough in the North East was starting to feel like home. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, you so did me. stay, didn't you? And we were in a promising position that season. Southgate was showing the door with us just being one point off top. How much of a shock was that to you and like all the lads? No, nah, it was a huge shock. No one could believe it. Like I couldn't believe it. None of the players could believe it. We literally finished the game. And we found out that he had been sacked because of low attendance and that we was all shocked. So we was actually all disappointed and literally gobsmacked and didn't know what to do or where we was going to go or, or anything. And more shocked the fact that we was one point off the top and yeah. we really felt that, you know, having him as manager, we definitely would have got promoted. You know, I, it was still, we still talk about it now, some of, the, some of the guys and say, for sure, if he was still our manager, we wouldn't we would have gone back up and we would have been promoted because we was in the right place. It's just 
you know, the attendance thing, but, you know, you can't help that getting yeah. relegated, you know. We wasn't playing the prettiest football, but at least we was getting the results. Then obviously came Gordon Strachan. Uh, less said about this, <laughs> less said about this, the better, I think. What was your thoughts when you, when you first heard he was coming in? One of the craziest coaches I've had, uh, but technically one of the best coaches I've had, uh, and his knowledge on the game is, is second to none. And I mean, he took a lot of knowledge from obviously Alex Ferguson, but I think he was just a bit too much for the squad that we had at the time. I don't think our squad at Middlesbrough at the time was ready for a Gordon Strachan. Uh, even for me, I was like, well, this is, I'm not used to this, you know, I'm just used to like Arsene Wenger and, you know, Gareth Southgate. I was used to them kind of, man, you know, more relaxed, you know, more chilled out. If you lost, yeah, you'd hear about it. But, you know, Gordon Strachan was completely, completely different. Um, did you get a lot, along with him? Okay. I did get along with him, yes. Um, until I had a bad game or I did something wrong, then, you know, we, we did hear about it. <laughs> but it was even to the point where the first day he come in, it was literally like, right, you're running, you're running Monday morning, you're running. And we was like, well, we're not used to this. Yeah. So, yeah, I got along with him. And I, um, technically and tactically, he was a very good coach, but I just don't think our squad was ready for someone like him. Yeah, 100%. Uh, your first Borough goal came against Barnsley, which is a big talking point for what Borough fans even still. Truthfully, you can't have meant that. What a goal it was, though. If you look at <laughs> it, I actually meant that. <laughs> it was a great goal, but I'm, I'm, still, I'm not sure I believe you. No, it was a it was a good goal. I meant that. It was a <laughs> it wasn't a cross. It was a shot. If you see, I wasn't crossing to anyone, you know. And it was funny because I knew the goalkeeper at the time, uh, Luke Steele, and it was kind of like you know, I meant that hundred percent. I meant that. You can see the way I've like you know looked where he is, looked at the ball, and just whipped it top corner. It was, was definitely. Stand, exactly. I definitely we were meant all that. we were all certain that you never at the time. <laughs> That's what the player said. You did me. Now, I said, of course I meant it. What else was I trying to do? <laughs> yeah, so Strachan obviously moved on. And uh, Tony Mowbray came in next and, and guided us to safety, really, because Strachan left us in a poor position. What was your relationship like with Tony? With Tony Mowbray, it was really good because he actually played football like how Arsene Wenger wanted to play, you know, the, the passing out the back, fullbacks pushing forward, uh, wingers coming inside. So that fitted my style of play perfectly well so we got on really really well and you know had a great relationship with Ledesma and some of the uh, Emnes and some of the other players that he brought into the team and and it worked really really well and I feel under him we was a very very good team and we talk about it now as one of the best teams we had as a Middlesbrough yeah. squad but we was a team that always done well but never actually quite got promoted for whatever reason. We always started off well, got to winter time, dropped in results, and then we tried to make the push too late for playoffs and we never made it. But for the team we had, we should have made it for sure. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. We give it a right good goal that season, just missing out on the playoffs. Yeah. How, did, how disappointed was everyone with that? No, everyone was very disappointed. I mean, like I said before, we was always the team that was playing the best football probably in the league. But, you know, winter time, we dropped a lot of points and then would try and pick it back up and just missing out towards the end of the season is very disappointing and heart heartbreaking that you don't even make the playoffs, you know, when that's was yeah. our main goals each each year. You obviously left Middlesbrough in that July, but later agreed another, a two-year contract. Were you speaking to other teams elsewhere or were you always wanting to stay here? I, always want, I actually wanted to stay at Middlesbrough. Uh, it was just a choice of 
falling out with the manager. And then, you know, Millwall being interested and going back to London was um, a big thing. And that was the only team that was interested, really, at the time. So it was like, do I go, do I stay somewhere where I'm not wanted? Because it's a very difficult time when you're not wanted at a club yeah. and, you know, things aren't going your way and whatever happens. So it was a choice of, you know, go to Millwall and, uh, you know, see how it works out from there. That following season, you scored that screamer with the outside of your boot against Sheffield Wednesday. Were you as surprised as us? No, actually, actually, funny enough, I actually do that in training sometimes with the guys. <laughs> they would tell you I used to try it in training. But, no, it was a great... I remember the play now. It was Josh McCrack and pass it to Ledesma. And Ledesma played a great through ball as I was running over. And I literally thought to myself, you know what, let me just try this shot from the outside of my foot <laughs> to see where it goes. There was nothing else on, so I thought... You know what, let me just try and hit it. I remember it was on TV and everything, and I just hit with the outside of my foot, and I saw it literally see it go off my foot. And then remember looking again, it was in the top corner. And then, as you can see, you know, the celebration afterwards was a, the same feeling I had when I scored at <laughs> Arsenal, yeah. You then made your debut for Trinidad that year, having turned down call-ups a few times. Why was it the right time for you? It was just the right time before I decided to, decline the the option to play for the national team uh, for the World Cup just because I said it wasn't fair that the other players in the Trinidad national team got the team to where they was and I was just to come in just for the World Cup. I said it wasn't fair, which I wish I didn't, but I made my decision and then it was the opportunity to then think, you know, you're not getting an uh, England call-up. doesn't look like you're going to get an England call-up. Trinidad have asked you to come and play again. You know, let's try and push to get Trinidad back on the map as a national team, try and get them to a World Cup. And then it was a chance to, you know, explore and play against top world-class players. Even that decision was tough while I was at Middlesbrough. The following August, Middlesbrough signed Fraser Richardson and Mowbray made you aware that you could leave. Did it end on bad terms with you two? I kind of think it did, considering the relationship we had and the, the way I'd played for him and the understanding we had. Of, and I think it kind of stemmed from him signing Fraser Richardson to him then blaming me for a goal that wasn't my technically my fault at the time. And um, we had a few things to say in the locker room, which uh, we both didn't agree on. So I think that kind of, you know, he was his way of saying, you know, your time's up to try and find an excuse <laughs> to try and get rid of me, really, and make it easier for him to get rid of me. And, you know, I've not spoke to him since that since that day, I don't think, because funny enough, he left before I got the the move to Millwall on loan. So he kind of left before me. So we didn't even speak before or after that moment. You left to join Millwall on loan, later making the move permanent, bringing your time at Millsborough to an end. How would you sum your time up? At Middlesbrough is a great one, but a disappointing one in a sense that we didn't get relegated. I would love to have got uh I love to have got promoted, sorry, with uh, Middlesbrough. And the fact that we didn't get the promotion we wanted was very disappointing, you know, during my time there at the club. I mean, I spent nearly six, seven years there. So it was it was like home to me. It was like, you know, the place I had always wanted to be at. I felt like at home and it felt like a second home to me, more though than London. So it was just disappointing the way it had to end yeah. with me leaving the club. And just uh, the fact that we didn't get promoted and then the fact that we got relegated from the Premier League and I was never able to help the club get back there. But I was happy with the amount of games I played, the relationship I had with the fans, the, you know, the team we had, the, the experience I had in Middlesbrough. It was, it was, it was great. 
Yeah, with that Millwall move, was wanting to be back in London a big factor in going there? It was, yeah. After being up north for so long, it was like, right, this is, you know, Mill was the time back home. I can live close to my family again and just be back with my family after the way things ended at Millsborough. That's the only thing I wanted to do. So it was great to get back to London and be around uh, family and friends again. You never made many appearances in your 18 months there. Were you disappointed with your time there overall? Very disappointed with my time there. But I think a lot of that was out of my hands and out of my control. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, it didn't work out with me and the the, the manager, uh, Ian Holloway at the time. It just wasn't a good fit for a number of different reasons. Uh, and I know a lot of people don't know why. And it was just because of the fact that he probably didn't like, you know, my character or who I was. Yeah. I was never a person who would give any trouble or anything. But for whatever reason, he just wouldn't put me in the team. So I, ended, I didn't even end up going to the game. And I think it all stemmed from him saying one day when I walked into a meeting that you're not welcome in this meeting or you're not needed in this meeting. So I never actually went to a team meeting ever um, during my time when he was there. You did move on to Dagenham and Redbridge in the end. Your brother Gavin spent time with them as well. Did he help you make your mind up to go there? He didn't, he didn't. It was another London club that was close. Uh, I went on trial, I think a training, a few training sessions with with them, I spoke to him and another guy, Andre Bucard, who I knew from the international level. And it was like, right, I need to get back playing wherever I can just to be seen. Because in football, if you're not seen playing anywhere, you're easily forgotten about. Yeah. So it was more of an opportunity to like, right, I don't have to move from where I am. I can still be local, another London club. My brother's been there. He knows the setup. He knows people there. Andre Bucard, who I'm close to, got in touch with the manager, said, can I train? you know, just playing on a pay-as-you-play kind of basis. And there's just an opportunity to be back in a shop window, play as many games as you can, get match fitness, and then obviously be seen on the international level again. Never ended great there, really, with relegation of the National League and you left the club. What were your thoughts at the time then? No, I was disappointed to get relegated again. But like I said, it was more of the time where I was just thinking, you know what, just be playing football, basically. It's either you play, carry on playing, or you give up. And I didn't want to give up. It was just a chance to show people that I'm still here, still playing, willing to play at whatever level to try and get myself back into to football and into a higher higher level, really. You then got the move to Cincinnati. How how did that come around, the move to America? It was actually just messaging um, the coach on, on LinkedIn, on social media, funny enough. I mean, I'd always wanted to go to America since I was at Middlesbrough, since I was talking to Kai Kamara and Seb Hines yeah. about their time there in America. And I've always wanted to go to America kind of from there but it was just literally messaging the coach on social media and I was on trial at, in Ireland at the time and I'd messaged the coach Alan Koch in Cincinnati and you know he knew who I was and he said you know we want you to come down on a week's trial and I got the opportunity to go down on a week's trial things didn't work out in Ireland which I was kind of happy about and then the next few days after coming back from Ireland I went to Cincinnati and you know had the opportunity to go there for a week and they wanted to sign me so it was it was great. Yeah, we always was it we was this USL team, which is like the second league of of in America. Yeah. It was it was a really good um league standard. I didn't know what to expect. You know, obviously going there on trial, I didn't know what the league was gonna be like. I didn't know anything really, but actually playing in the USL for I think two years was was two or three years was great. I really enjoyed playing in the USL, playing with Cincinnati, and I think it kinda helped because Cincinnati had like twenty five thousand plus fans every week yeah. 
so it felt like a, a home and it felt like a, it had a European vibe to it but it was just great to to play at Cincinnati and it was a good opportunity for me to to you know play out in America something I've always wanted to do and then obviously getting into the MLS was even better. What was the standard like between the USL and the MLS? It's actually uh, there's a lot different and not uh, a lot different. Obviously, you're playing in the MLS is more, you know, experienced, world class, technical players um, for throughout the world. And I'd say the USL is players that are trying to get to that level, which is more like developing and trying to to learn their trade and get to the MLS. So there is a lot more technically and technically smarter and say physically better in the MLS, whereas, you know, USL players are looking, thinking, right, how can I get to the MLS? And just this, this obviously the crowds are different, the fact the stadiums are different yeah. and the whole hype around the MLS is completely different to the USL. But I see the USL and other um, American leagues around the world developing maybe second to what the MLS is. But MLS is a very good standard that people don't actually realise. You spent three years in Cincinnati and the fans really took to you, loved you. Did you did you love them and love it over there? I had a great relationship with the fans, probably more so than the players. Uh, you know, the fans took to our team really, really well. And me especially, I don't know, you know, why it was that, but we have, still have a great relationship now. And, you know, I thank the fans all the time for, you know, making me feel welcome and making me fall in love with the, the game again, really. So it was great to, to have that connection with the fans. And I think that kind of helped me settle in at Cincinnati and obviously helped me play even better. And it also helped that one side of the field, we, I had kind of like my own fan section. So that was really good. And <laughs> and yeah, no, it was really good. And obviously winning in the Open Cup and we, us getting to the semi-final, beating uh, Chicago Columbus Crew, which is a huge rival in, in Cincinnati, and Columbus Crew is a huge rivalry. And then uh, losing to New York, but, you know, we was winning at the time and we lost in the last two minutes, but I think that kind of helped. And then the year after, we won the regular season, so I think that kind of helped that, you know, the relationship we built with the fans, but now the fans still love us today, which is great, and all credit to the fans. You then went on to Palm Beach Stars, who are a new-founded team. What was it that made you decide to go there? It was more of a chance to then now decide what am I going to do next. Things didn't go according to plan at Cincinnati. I was hoping to get another year and then maybe go into coaching or, you know, be part of the the backroom staff. But that didn't um, happen. So, you know, I had the opportunity to now work with Palm Beach Stars as a player and then work in, in the backroom staff and the front office side. So that's more of my focus now is more front office based getting the team to the league they want to be in trying to build certain things up like a stadium and training facility so it was more of the opportunity of what can I do now to stay in football as a player and then where do I want to transition from straight from a player into a coach or into um, a front room staff member What's the level like Palm Beach Stars is that basically like our non-league it is basically at the moment it's like a non-league yeah um, but we're in talks with different um, leagues to try and join maybe the USL or Nisa Nation, which is um, like like the championship just below the USL, which yeah. I was in, or Nisa, which is another up-and-coming league, which is be similar to the USL. So we're in talks with them too to try and get our club um, into that, really. So that's where we are now, pushing as much as we can. But for me, it's a real learning curve, learning 
when you were told that you were going to be leaving Cincinnati, did you want to stay in America? Yeah, 100%. I always wanted to stay in America. I actually wanted to stay at Cincinnati, but, you know, the general manager didn't want me to stay for, you know, whatever reason. So I said, all right, that's fine. Fine by me. But I've always, I always wanted to, to stay in America. And I think there's more opportunities for me. And I kind of felt that while I was at Cincinnati. So I would love to have been still in Cincinnati, but now the opportunity is at Palm Beach and, and in West Palm Beach. So now this is where, you know, my uh, soccer and football journey has taken me now. How's it going for you over there now? No, really good, really good. As I said, we're still in talks with USL and Nisa to see which league we're going to be in. But it's just, we're just at the stage now where we're just trying to, you know, push things along, start announcing things, start announcing different things to do with the club. It's like, you know, you got to try and push for sponsorships, TV deals, just everything of day-to-day running of a team. You know, you got to find players, you got to find investors, you got to find kind of everything, really, you got to do, which is kind of nothing that I'm used to. So it's kind of taken me out of my comfort zone, but I'm actually enjoying that side of it because now it's like, right, how do you test yourself outside of the field and try to take your football knowledge into front room uh, front room stuff you're obviously back home at the moment enjoying some family time when will you be heading back out just as soon as we get the all clear to go really we're just mm-hmm. waiting for a few things before before we kind of head back but uh, we're just waiting so I'm doing everything I need to do from here uh, and waiting for the new season to start so that'll be anytime soon really yeah we're going to life after football you've obviously set up your academy out there in Miami as well is that home for you now I would say, I wouldn't say it's home yet because obviously we're not there permanently, but I would say that's where I'm probably going to look to set up a base really, yeah. So I set up my own kind of Justin Hoyt Academy, which is going to be helping, you know, different age players, um, boys and girls develop um, their talents and their skills and kind of give back, you know, what I learned to them and give my knowledge, pass my knowledge on to them and, and help them develop into hopefully um top soccer players but you know just not just soccer players but good people so it's something i've set up something i've always wanted to do and i feel as a there's a there's a place for me there and i've already got one or two people that are really enjoying my coach and i enjoy that and so that's what i feel i'm going to carry on with and we'll see how far coaching within within the game with clubs and stuff or or will it always be with your academy this is a question i i ask myself a lot do I want to go into coaching or do I just want to stick to what I'm doing? Sometimes, you know, I'm sitting here watching games and I'm doing different tactics on my on my computer and moving different pieces on my tactical board. And I think, you know what, sometimes I think I can be a coach. And then sometimes I feel like, you know, I've had so many years in the game. Now to become a coach, now it's like I'm then putting even more hours in and then losing certain valuable time, you know, with family or, or and close friends. So... It's now come to a point with what can I do now that I'm still in the game, but not losing that valuable time that I've lost previously, if you understand what I'm trying to yeah. say. So now that's kind of what I'm thinking. But no, I mean, I've done I've done one or two coaching badges. I'm going to continue to do more just in case, you know, an opportunity ever comes up that I feel like I want to get into coaching. But in the meantime, I'm happy to just um, work certain hours for my academy and, yeah. and, and help you know, one or two or three or four individuals. Also recently seen you do some core comms during the Euros. And is that something you'd like to do a bit more of as well? Yeah, they asked me, funny enough, would I be interested in it? I said, I've never done it before. 
I've only done interviews or, you know, spoke to people about, you know, football, just, you know, speaking face to face. So I yeah. said, yeah, I'll do it because it's something to gain experience in and you never know, you know, what might come of it. So I thought, yeah, let me let me do it. Let me learn a new trade, a new talent and see how how I enjoy it and see what I think of it. And I actually quite enjoy it. So it's actually something now that I'm looking to to see if I can do a bit more of and, and gain more experience and learn. You know, I might not have the commentator's voice, but <laughs> I've got the experience of a player. <laughs> We've got a couple of fans' questions now before we end it all. Yeah, that's um, fine. Robbie asks, with being in America now, what do you miss most from being back home? I'd say family. Yeah. Because, you know, you're always close to a family member. Maybe if it's like an hour's drive, 10-minute drive, 15-minute drive, or, you know, when I was at Sunderland, it was like a four-hour train journey or something like that. Whereas now in America, it's like it's like a four or five-hour, sometimes seven, ten-hour flight, you know. Um, so it's, it's it, that's that's the part of it. And also... Uh, my dad used to come to every game, so now he has to watch the games on TV. So I kind of miss, uh, you know, the family aspect of it. But other than that, anything else, I don't really miss too much. <laughs> I think I think I'd miss Nando's. Now, to be fair, I mean, there's one or two Nando's in in America, but you have to go to certain cities for it, and it doesn't taste the same. You'd be surprised; <laughs> it doesn't taste the same. Because it used to be funny, eh? Whenever we used to travel to games in the USL. We always used to have to look to see if there was a Nando's and there's only ever one in Chicago and Toronto. So whenever we played them places, that's the first place we ever went was Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what the final one to end on, Justin, um, Billy asks, what was going through your head when that fan tried to slide tackle you against Sunderland? No, I couldn't believe it. I actually couldn't, <laughs> but literally could Neither not believe could I. somebody come on the field. I thought he was just running up to me. Like, I thought, well, why has this guy... But I turned... And I wasn't sure he was surprised that I turned or if he slipped over. I don't know what it was. So I kind of hopped out the way as if to say, like, why the hell was he just come on to slide tackle me? I could not believe it. <laughs> but it, I was in that much shock. I couldn't react. And then by the time I turned around to think, like, what on earth just happened? He had run off the field. So I was like, well, what on earth has just gone on here? <laughs> and even during the game, I was thinking to myself, what has happened here? Been like, slide tackled. I've been slide tackled by probably my own fan. <laughs> for no apparent reason because we wasn't I don't think we was losing at the time I, I don't know if it was it a Borough fan or was it a Sullivan fan but I don't know I don't know I don't know what it was really to this day <laughs> even now I still think to myself and I'd love to know who the person was because I'm like well, why would you even slide tackle I know I actually hurt actually did it it was a good job I jumped out the way I, for a bit I, I watched it back I've watched it back a few times and it, I thought I, I thought has he caught you or not he only caught me a tiny bit, but luckily I hopped out the way. But I was just surprised that he actually just... I don't know if he slipped over. He actually tried to two-foot me. So, so thank you very much for coming on anyway, Justin. No, it's anytime, anytime. Much appreciated. Thank no, you very much. Anytime.